Hi, I'm Tim Lovejoy, and this is my award-winning podcast, The Lovejoy Hour. It's called The Lovejoy Hour because it's an hour long, and I'm Tim Lovejoy. Each episode, we have an hour of conversation with a celebrity, an expert in their field, or someone I just find interesting. The Lovejoy Hour, available now on Audioboom. Hello and welcome to the Talk Darby's Me podcast. I am Blake Fellows. Wow. <laughs> the number three podcast, football podcast in the UK for the last week. We've been number three for about four days, number two a couple of days, number five. I think we're number four again now. It's the 13th most listened to football podcast ever in the UK. Um, <laughs> just absolutely mental. Not really got the words to to say so thank you to everyone who listened yeah <laughs> I still can't get mad around it to be honest but thank you so much this is amazing um, this this part too you're going to love it I've just got to give a quick shout out to the people who allow me to go out and get people like George Thorne on the podcast Connect Red uh, Dan Atwell and, and Chloe they're a telecommunications company they've they've sponsored us for a long time now they're absolutely brilliant thank you so much to them go check them out on social media Elite Football Development run by Ben Osborne and a few other boys. Coaching company coming to Derby soon. Go and check them out. Uh, SMJ Brady, construction company based in Derby. Go and check them out because without all of them people, this won't be happening. I know it's boring when you start a podcast and you have to go through all this, but without them people and LTF recruitment as well, they help us out. Me and myself and Michael Soccer going to schools um, with them. They're, they're recruitment. They've really supported us. So I want to give them a shout out. So thank you to everyone who's, who's let some divvy in his bedroom get to number three in the charts, man. Unbelievable. Anyway, enough about enough of me. Enough about sponsors. Let's get to the juicy stuff. Here's George Form part two, and he starts by um, by talking about his ACL injury that he suffered against Zenit St Petersburg pre-season in Austria. The thing about ACL, like, there's a weird fact about ACL. if you do one of your ACLs between the age of like 18 and, and 24 there's a high percentage you're going to do your other leg mm. and that's just that's just a straight fact in football um, so when I'd done my first one the guy that operated on me said look genetically you've got he called them thin arches which means that the sort of two ligaments where my ACL was kept, he said, a thin, he said, they're genetics. So after I'd done my second one, he said, look, yeah, I knew you were going to do it. I just didn't want to tell you because I what was. So it was a genetic thing, my ACLs. Um, that's why quite a lot of people that do it quite early on do do another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was, yeah, it, it, it knocked me a little bit because I was just thinking, fuck me, I've got to do this all again. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the same hand, like once I got my head around it, after after I had my surgery, it was a little bit easier in the sense that I'd been there and done it all already. And um, when you do an ACL, more often than not, you do other damage, which slows the first month or two. But because it was such 
a strange injury and I'd only done a partial tear, no other damage, I could get to work straight away. That's why I was back in six months. So it wasn't ideal, but it happened. It's this is where it starts to become like unbelievable in some ways that you come, you, you, how old are you then? 20, 21? 21, yeah. Yeah, and then you come back from that and break, and then there's a leg break as well. Yeah, I had, so I came back from that. Now I remember this, so this was the season after we got to play a final. I came back and we were doing well. So we were top in Jan, mm. maybe even February we were top. And I must have just got back in training. And then it started to go tits up. Steve got linked with Newcastle, um, which I still believe to this day he should have come out and said, no, I'm not interested. By him not saying anything, kind of just fueled the fire. And he used to make the odd joke of us, like, oh, oh, oh. but he, he never came out publicly and said, I don't want that job. Afterwards, he was saying, oh, look, no, I didn't want it, but I don't understand why I didn't come out of the farm and say that, because it started speculation. So things were going tits up on the pitch. We went from being top in Feb to sort of playoff spots, I think. Um, and then I remember he, we must have gone on a bad run and he needed me. Like I just got back fit and so he chucked me in. And I started that um, and we won. Felt like a bag of shit, obviously. Mm. And so this is like February where like the schedule's hectic. And I remember we had Charlton on the Tuesday and I started that as well. I played 70 in that and we won 2-0. And we had Fulham on the Saturday and he he wanted to play me. He was Amulanarin and the physio was saying, no, you can't play. It's going to break down. He's just been out for seven months. He's just done 70 and 70 in, in three days. You can't play him again. You have to rest him. He come to me and was like, I just feel, obviously I'm going to say, yeah, I want to play. You know what I mean? That, that, that always baffles me. It's like, you'll never ever find a player that goes, nah, I don't fancy it today. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to play. And we've just started to win. I'd been out for seven months for fuck's sake. Of course I'm going to want to play football. Mm. So we were training Friday morning. Um, obviously I was in the team to play, training, take a shot. My rec fem goes, oh, fuck. So go inside. Rec fem's like one of them injuries that take forever to heal. And they're like, after a few days, it almost feels as if you don't have an injury. Mm. And then you'll strip, you'll go to run or you'll go to kick a ball and then you get a lot of stabbing pain. So that took me, that took me four to six weeks, I think. At the same time, Chrissy Martin uh, aggravated his tendon. So he was out. I think Benny was out. Then Jeff come out, like rolled his ankle. There was like six or seven of us that were like, some of the main players, mm. Wardy was probably out of a hammy because his fucking hammy's never worked. <laughs> there was like seven or eight of us, mate, that weren't involved. So it started to go tits up again. Steve was getting put under pressure because this Newcastle thing was lingering and we'd gone from top to however. Um, uh, they couldn't get Chrissy right. Chrissy had a weird injury and he just kept getting fluid in his in his leg. Um 
I got rushed back from that rec fem because we were scrambling. So I remember I got back and I, I started straight away against Watford and I took a shot within like the first five minutes. Rec fem went again. So that was me for the season. So there was, because of the situation the team was in, but I got rushed back multiple times trying to help when in reality I wasn't ready either either times, do you know what I mean? So that that finished that season a sour note. I got back, Steve obviously got the sack because they felt like him not palming away the Newcastle link is what started it. Um, and then Clemo came in in the summer. Um, and he was actually a really good coach, like training on the training pitch. He'd obviously been at like Chelsea for years, Real Madrid for years. So training with him was actually really good. Like you learned a lot from him. But he essentially wanted us to play like we was Real Madrid and we was Derby County in the championship. So he would he would do this thing where you two fullbacks, so Marcelo and whoever the right back is, would mm-hmm. go where the wingers are. Mm-hmm. So let's just say we had Cyrus and Warney or Fozzy go where Inti and Johnny Russell should be. They would come in to where our two attacking midfielders should be. And the two attacking midfielders, so Will Bryce, Will Jeff, drop where the two fullbacks were. So he'd put his mental like, rotation to the table because that's what Real Madrid do. And we were trying to do it in a champ. Do you know what I mean? Real Madrid have got fucking Marcelo, mate. Do you know what I mean? That's why they're doing it. So we're trying to do that in the champ. And we were dominating games, but we were just never really like as ruthless as we needed to be because everything was just like in front of people. Mm. It must have been so frustrating for Chrissy. But nevertheless, we ended up, it was top at Christmas. We, I remember we beat, no, top at New Year. We beat Hull um, away on TV. Um and then we went to uh, <laughs> we beat Hull away and this was we had our Christmas do. So we were going straight up to Newcastle. Hull away was on TV like on a Friday night. John, I can't remember why John weren't playing, I don't know if it was suspended or something. But it was his job to get booze for um the coach up. The lads would have a few beers heading up to Newcastle. So we just fucking beat Hull at their gaff um, on TV. Just got on top of the league. Got on the bus. Mel's come on the bus. Got like, listen, fucking go and have a good evening, lads. Like, you deserve it. Um, set off to Newcastle. John gets the drinks out. He's bought fucking non-alcoholic drinks. Fucking <laughs> I swear to you, man. He's bought non-alcoholic drinks. You know, like all the... All the beers now, you can get exactly the same beer, but just like a little non-alcoholic Yeah, no point cent on it, yeah. He fucks us. we <laughs> got that. Um, so, yeah, we were, we were top of New Year. And then, um, I can't remember what happened. I think I got a little calf. And then we lost, we lost a couple of games. I remember I wasn't playing in the couple of losses we had before we got a sack. Oh. And I think he got a sack after we played Fulham. Yeah, that one all draw was it? Was it one all? But he played. Did he play um, Hansen? Or but there was some discussion about who played where. You would have been. Um, 
Was it Chris Baird or did he play Chris Baird there? Probably Baird, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and they got the sack. We were like, we were fourth, I think, and he got the sack. Oh, fucking hell. Do you know what I mean? Got a little bit harsh. Yeah. Um, I, was, I think we was only sort of like four or five points off top. And they'll fucking give him the sack, mate. So it was all like, fuck me, he has to have someone lined up then. Do you know what I mean? Like, everything's to play for. Where we were just on top, top of the league. We're like three, four points off top. Only fourth should get playoffs minimum this season. So we were like, all right, Mel has to bring in a big name. Has to. Week went by. Nothing. Two weeks went by. Nothing. And this is no disrespect to Darren, but he went to give it to Darren and Pat and Shorty, under-23s coaches. So we as players were like, hold on a minute. Like, we're in such a fucking good position. Like, what sort of fucking faith is that if you're not going to spend, like, money to go and bring in the top manager? Like, we're all, we're halfway there, do you know what I mean? It's, so the message it gave to us was like, you're fucking the season off. Do you know what I mean? If you can't be asked to go and like bring someone top in, you're fucking it off. What sort of message does that give us? That wasn't in any way directed towards Darren and, and the staff. Mm. Like you've got to understand we're in the position we're in. Like that was such a weird message to send for us. Um anyway, they came in and I, I I always got on well with Darren, Pat and Shorty and them guys and I spent quite a bit of time with them towards the end of my public career but it's difficult to come into a winning team because we were a winning team at that point and try and implement your own ideas and keep winning. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, it, yeah, we... Come the end of the season, we were still in the playoffs, but things started to get a little bit, you know, things weren't going as well as they could have. You know, some some lads didn't give Darren the respect he deserved just because he's, he, they'd seen him in the light of an under-23 coach for so long, which I understand. And also Darren... A couple of occasions, just done fucking stupid things. Mm. It would like drop a senior lad to play an academy player, I think to impress Mel, point blank. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. I know Mel's always liked that idea of bringing players through, but it's not the fucking time or place to do that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So he was losing lads and there was a bit of handbags going. I remember Rotherham away when we were 3 0 up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, three nil up, yeah, yeah. up, and he he took me and Chrissy off. I'd been nursing a calf injury, so it was the right decision to take me off. Probably the right decision to take Chrissy off, like rest us. Do you know what I mean? Twenty minutes left, but he chucked two strikers on. He chucked Bent in and Nick Blackman on, as if like, yeah, I'm gonna go and fucking knock these lot for six. Mm-hmm. Three three. So it was like there was a bit of handbags in the change room after and. That was kind of people questioning him. Bit of everything. Oh, to be fair, a few of the lads said, "Look, you've got to fucking look at yourselves." Do you know what I mean? It, regardless of who he puts on, you shouldn't be fucking drawing free free after three 0 up, twenty minutes to go. Do you 
against Rotherham, no disrespect. Mm. But we were seen as a very superior team to Rotherham at that point. So, in, in general, there was a lot of frustration from everyone. Then, um, obviously, we were going towards the playoffs and then the game against Ipswich was like a nothing game. We couldn't, excuse me, we couldn't change positions, you know, we couldn't change playoff slots. We had it confirmed. It was almost just like you either try and build some momentum or you rest players. That's the one or two things you do the game before playoffs. I don't know what he went for because we played shit that day and then I ended up getting my leg snapped. Um, so I remember it was like the last five minutes of the game and then the ball just dropped to me in their box and it's sort of like a couple feet off the ground so I've gone to volley it and the geezer just put his foot up like that and then just like gone straight through my leg and I knew straight away I was fucked I knew straight away I just got like the worst pain I've ever felt like ACLs are like agony but the leg break fucked me that's different gravy, mate. Um, so I, I knew that was broke. I could feel like the bottom half of my leg like hanging and your nerve just like fires like mad. Um, and I know I was fucked, mate. I know I was fucked then. Um, yeah, that fucked me for a while, to be fair. Was there any, any resentment there that you were kind of, obviously it's a freak injury, but you were in that position when you didn't necessarily need to be? Like you say, you're already in the playoffs, position confirmed, and you're probably facing a potentially career-threatening injury when you didn't necessarily have to be in that position. Yeah. I mean, on paper, I'd say, as everyone else would be like, yeah, what's the point in playing me on paper? But I never felt like that, to be honest. I always wanted to play. Um, I I don't hold anything against anyone for playing me that game. Yeah, on paper, in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have played that game, but what what can you do if a geezer fucking snaps your leg in after? I mean, mm. no one can control that. Did at that point, did you ever, did you go through your head that you ever thought that could be it? During that no. record? No, I mean, I knew I was fucked when I was lying on the floor and my leg was in half, yeah. Mm. I know I was in trouble. Um, and I knew it was going to be like, a different level to my ACLs. I knew that while I was lying on the floor. Um, the doctor said to me, said to me, the, the time frame on a broken leg is three and a half months. And he said that to me, I don't know how he only said that to me, but I looked at him like, you're fucking mental, mate. My leg's hanging in half and you're telling me I'm going to be back out there in three and a half months. I'm not a chance. But that, he was the expert, so I, I was like, all right, okay, let's go with it. I went to have my surgery. Um, I remember I got in an ambulance and I went to Derby. Is it Derby Royal, is it? Yeah, the Royal, yeah. The Derby Royal, yeah. Um... I still uh, had to cut my boot off all that. I still had my kill on. I got to there. And essentially, my legs, my, my quad and my knee, and my half of my shin was like that, straight. And then the bottom half of my shin and my ankle was facing the wrong way still. So Shit, I got in there and they was like, look, we're, we're going to have to 
twist it back in and then sort of tape it up so at least it's all level. Uh, I thought, yeah, fuck it, do it. So they, they give me some gas in there. Um, and then like, like three of them held my leg at the top, two held the bottom. And then I was like, I just remember like a massive crunch. Luckily, obviously, I had gas in there. So I remember a massive crunch. And then I, they were just taping it up and it was like back in line. And they were like, yeah, look, we're going to get you down to London, get you surgery first thing in the morning, something like that. It's quite, quite an extensive surgery, but um, I had that surgery done. I was in there for sort of four or five days, I think. Got back. Um, and there's not much you can do, do you know what I mean? ACL, you can kind of... ACL is about getting the swelling down straight away because you need balloons. So as soon as the swelling's down, you can start working on your new ligament. Broken legs, like, you literally just have to let your bone heal. Nothing you can do. Um, I got back and they was like, go on, go on holiday. You might have gone on holiday. So I went on holiday. Um, come back sort of a week later, 10 days later. And I, it's a summer now, so obviously, like, everyone's away. Um, and I'm coming to see the physio and like I had a massive I don't know I didn't clock it I had a massive sort of red do you know what hematoma is? yeah 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 so I had had hematoma essentially so he like put his finger in my leg and like the dent would stay and then slowly release oh. and I was like how have I not clocked that and he was like that's not right uh, so he he sent me down to he sent me down to the surgery where I had it done. And at first I was like, look, yeah, you just need antibiotics. Antibiotics will clear that for you. So antibiotics and essentially I had to allow the physios to kind of like flush it out with some treatment. But obviously you can imagine like it was excruciating pain. Um, so that was like a minging few weeks. And then I got doctor was like yeah look get moving so I started to get in the pool and stuff and the pool's quite good because it takes like the majority of your weight off you um, and I just felt like six, after six weeks I still felt like miles off it and I'm like you said I'll fucking be back in eight weeks do you know what I mean um, so physios tried to sort of like fast track me a little bit and they were like look the pain's now like a conscious thing you have to kind of battle through it. So I thought, all right, okay, look, you lot are the fucking experts. Because I'm in the gym every day, like, could barely walk still. But they're, like, trying to get me to skip or to do weights and stuff. So I'm like, you get, like, sharp pain every time you put weight through my right leg, it was. So I'm having to do, like, weights and just, like, bear it during the sessions. It's just not getting better got to like the three month mark and I still feel like I'm fucking at square mm. one. Do you know what I mean? I said, I'm saying to them every day, like something's not right. Something's not right. No, like checking it. Like, oh, it looks all right. Like the infect, the swelling had gone um, from the antibiotics. Tried to carry on four months gone. I'm like, it's not right. Like I'm in pain every day. So I went down to see the guy and I had to have another x-ray. And on the x-ray, it showed that they'd put a massive metal rod in my leg 
put a cap on and the cap was too big. So it was essentially scraping on my um, patella tendon. Patella tendon, they go through your patella to put the rod in, so Mm. they cut through it. So it was scraping on my patella tendon every time I half bend my knee. So, oh, we have to get that out. So I had to have surgery to get that out and then kind of start from square one again. So started going again, going again, and I thought, I fucking don't feel right still. Like, something's not right. And they were like, yeah, everything's fine. Like, we took out what it is. I'm telling you, like, it's a conscious thing. Because of what happened, you're now, like, thinking about it. So, oh, okay. Um, carried on. And I knew at this point, I knew, I was like, it's not right. Do you know what I mean? I said, take me back to see the geezer. Something's not right. Went back to see him. And he was like, oh, your screws come loose. So in the metal rod where they put, they put two screws in the top, two screws in the bottom, it's like, your screws come loose. It's like, all right, what do I do? It's like, I'll take it out for you. So another surgery to take the screw out. Square one again. Um, started again. And I felt all right for a little bit. And then I was kind of just like going with it. Got to the point where like I was outside, just like started like rehab jogging. And I got a limp. I'm like, I can't stop limping. And they're like, it's habit. They're like, it's habit. Because you've like been weight bearing for so long, it's habit now. So I'm like, all right, okay. Trying and trying three weeks later. And I just don't feel right. I go see the geezer again um, and he can't find anything so they're like look I told you it's mental and I'm like oh, fuck me like it's just not right do you know what I mean so I'm trying I'm trying to get this must have been sort of must be at 10 months by this point I got told three months so it must be at 10 months and I was like I got to a point where I was like listen no like we we got a fucking check this out properly because something's not right so they sent me down to um, a clinic in London where I had to I had scans and tests and blood tests for like 48 hours so I went down there um, and they did this thing that they're doing like uh, I think it's cancer patients where they put sort of like um put this thing in you they inject it in you and then they can see where it flares up um and i think it it tells so for cancer people i think it tells the doctors where like their troubles are yeah so they did this with my leg um and i had to do uh, i was just like i was in and out of like mri machines like for two days um and then after there was like yeah, your metal rod's infected. So the metal rod I've got in my bone, which my bone's now grown around, because it's 10 months later, is infected. You know, like you have to get out now, otherwise it could be like traumatic. <laughs> Fucking hell, like, what did I do in my past life? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so essentially what it, so this was, this was January now. So we got around to January. So what needed to happen was I needed Andy Williams is like the top knee guy in, in the country and he done my knees. 
and he always took like an invested interest in me because um, he does with, with whatever clients he does. He he's a nice he's a nice guy. He looks out for him. So I needed Andy Williams to come and do my patella because that had already been knifed through. So to go back through it is trouble essentially. Um, so I needed him to do that, and I needed a trauma surgeon to take the metal pole out. So I needed them both to do the surgery, an extensive surgery. Um, to do that, you need, they have to apply for a license to practice in the same hospital. So they both operate in different hospitals. Mm -hmm. So start of January, we say, look, we need you to. Can you set a date that works for both of you? Get it booked in like with your licenses and do this. And the earliest they could do was like in a month's time. So I got told to like go out of there for a month, essentially. It's like there's nothing you can do. So I went and had this this surgery done, which would lasted about three hours, I think. Um, and then after that I had to stay. Um, had to stay in hospital on a drip like antibiotics for seven, eight days it was. So they were like they were like, We have to flush this out of your system, like otherwise there can be long term issues with this. So I had I had it done seven, eight days, they flushed everything out of my system and then I went back to Derby and started square one again. So that got everything I was I was good from there. I got back fit from there. But as you can imagine, I felt fucking horrendous, do you know what I mean? So I got back fit I think around Who was in charge at that point? Rawat, wasn't it? Yeah, it would have been Rawat, yeah, or Pearson, it would have been one uh might have been Pearson. Pearson had already got a sack, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, mate, there was I think there was three managers before I got back to it. That's incredible. I think there was, was Robert. Um what's the fella? Um that was at Huddersfield. Oh, Chrissy Powell. Chrissy Powell, yeah, and I think there was someone else. Can't remember. Yeah, Pearson. yeah. So yeah, I've got about fit, fit under Robert sort of. November time, something like that. It was mad. That rehab fucked me, mate. Hundred percent. Have you have you ever been the same player? No, <laughs> no. Like ability wise, meant like you, I can see right, things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see things. But ever since I've got back, mate, on on the pitch after that, I felt horrendous. Like trying to run around. The other thing you got to remember as well is that at Derby, I think majority of clubs, but at Derby, their answer to rehab is chuck some weights around, leg, leg weights and upper body weights. And I tolerated it for my ACL because it's six months. It's not the worst. But for my leg break, I had to nip it. I had to pull them up I say listen I'm not a fucking bodybuilder mate do you know what I mean 
I'm a big lad as it is, uh, but you want me chucking, you want me putting weight on, like muscle on my, my legs and my upper body, like I ain't going to be able to fucking move. Because I felt shit already, I started to refuse to do it. So it should be the other way around. It should be about flexibility and shit like that. But obviously they're the experts. They went to uni, so they tell you, you got they tell you, you got to chuck a weight weight around, mate. That's what Mel fucking pays them to do, isn't it? So the um, that fucked me. That yeah. There's been a few. There's been a few occasions when players have had a, a bit of a spell out and come back, and I've noticed as a like stand going. He's put a bit of size on. I've noticed that before. Actually, it's funny you should say that, mate. It doesn't sit right with me because I think it should be different for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You cannot have across the board that everyone should do fucking weights. Mm. Everyone's different. Do you know what I mean? If you've got someone like Will, when Will first came on the scene, he could he could do with weights. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Now he's a much better player for it because he physically needed the strength at that point. You've got someone like myself who's big enough, who's strong enough on the pitch already we chucking weights around for what I mean but this is this is a problem mate people like that are always in charge of football clubs because that's what they're paid to do and if you speak up and say otherwise you're seen as a villain could it um, could it have been well obviously it could have but if it had been dealt with differently you might have got back to somewhere near where you were do you think that yeah I think so yeah I think so. If I'd have had a clean surgery with no infections, or if I'm back in four months, five months, I proved with the ACL that I can get back in that space of time and, and kick on, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think the accumulation of everything just fucked me up a bit. Were, were you still given opportunities after that at Derby? Do you feel well? Was there a point where they kind of not gave up on you, but it was kind of you've been through all all of that and expect that with Frank and stuff. You like you mentioned at the start, kind of just being with the twenty threes and 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 that. Were, yeah. Did they kind of give up on you, or is that a bit harsh to say? Um, Gary Gary gave me some opportunities, and he he was the one manager out of everyone that actually managed me quite well. Um, and it's partly because we brought Hudson, which was, we brought Hudson, uh, Joe Ledley in, which was the first time since I've been there that I just completely took the pressure off me getting back fit. So I remember sort of, for the first time, he made me train an extra three, four weeks and then the other manager would. He for about six weeks he only used me as a sub so I remember I used to come on and play behind Chrissy Martin we used to go to three in midfield play behind Chrissy Martin just to see out games essentially and that done me the world good um, and then I signed a new deal I remember we played Manu away in the FA Cup uh, and I played well and we, I signed a new deal after that um, and then I remember I had a fucking torrid against Sunderland I don't know what happened I don't have my boots on the wrong feet but I had a torrid against Sunderland and uh, I didn't play again that season which was fucking weird Are you a teacher or teaching assistant? Are you looking for your next role within education? 
LTF Recruitment specialise in the long term and permanent for schools across the Midlands and London. We currently work with over 200 schools and have helped nearly 500 people into new roles. For more information, visit ltfrecruitment.co.uk. So I was like, what's going on here? Do you know what I mean? Um, but I knew, I knew our position in the table and I also knew that it was likely um, Gary would either get sacked or go elsewhere because we just don't, at Derby, we don't let managers roll over. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And he ended up going to Stoke. So I was like, I was like, do you know what, I'll ride it out a couple of months, um, see what happens in the summer. So I didn't play in the last few months. And then Lampard came in. And that summer, I had like a mental off-season. I was like the fittest I'd ever been. Because obviously I'd, I'd only got back fit. So yeah, I remember I heard about Frank coming in. But even before that, because I'd been out for so long on my leg, um, I made a point of like being in the best condition I'd ever been in that summer. Um, and I think I must have got down to sort of like 87 kilos. So bearing in mind when I first went to Derby, that playoff season, I was 93. Yeah. Um, so I'd like, I had a bright bash that summer. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to leave anything to chance. I'm going to make sure like, I'm tipped off this, this uh, off-season. So I came back. I uh, came back early. I remember I came back early and I was riding with a fitness coach because I wanted to make a big impression and I wanted to remind everyone, all right, like, I'm back now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, Frank came in and at first it was all good. I was enjoying training. And pre-season is notoriously hard work. Mm. So they build you up the first couple of days and then it's like fucking military camp, do you know what I mean? Um, and I remember, well, I can first, I remember we went away on tour and on tour, what they do is they have some scales next to the training pitch. Um, so they say, look, weigh yourself before you train and weigh yourself instantly after and we want to see how much water you've lost so we know how much you have to put back in your body today because it's Tenerife, so that's hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, they want to prevent injuries. Um, sorry, they also, so they tell you to go They tell you to go and have breakfast. So they say, look, fuel up, have breakfast. They advise you to have like a litre of water in you before training because it's going to be tough search. Um, so you can imagine with breakfast and a litre of water, your weight's in fluctuating by a couple of kilos easily. So after you'd see how much you lost and I tell you to refuel. Um, so we were doing that all throughout the trip. And I remember um, we came back and we had a pre-season game, first one at the iPro. And there's 23 players in the squad full of youngsters. And, uh, he, we played the game 
And then he made all the subs, but didn't use me out of everyone. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? So put kids on everything, changed the goalie, didn't play me. So I was like, this ain't right, do you know what I mean? I fucking made sure, like, everything, there's no excuses from anyone. I've made sure, like, I'm good to go. I like, something's not right. So I took myself, remember the game finished, everyone went inside and I was fuming. I walked straight up, I walked outside of the pitch and started doing some running for fitness. Um, that was a Saturday. Went in to see him Monday morning. I was like, what the fuck's going on? I said, just be honest with me, like, what's going on? And he was like, you went to me, oh, first uh, 10 days of pre-season, I didn't see you do any extras at all. I said, what? You went, I didn't see you do any extras. I said, Gaffer, we're doing like double, triple sessions, session out on the field, run in the morning, gym, and then session outside in the afternoon. I said, my concern, as every player is in the first two weeks, is when you finish, recover for the next day so you can go again. Because the last thing you want to do is miss one of them sessions because you feel like you're behind the lads instantly, which I didn't do. I was, I'd done every session. I was like, so with all due respect, you've been a player yourself. I'm not buying that. Do you know what I mean? I'm not buying that at all. So, so what else is it? It was like, oh, also uh, in Tenerife, um, there was one day where you put on three kilos. I was like, when was that? And he pulled it out and it was before one training session. I was like, right, so you're telling us to eat breakfast, put a litre of water in our bodies, um, fuel up essentially, so that we don't get injured. Do you not think that your weight's going to fluctuate as you're standing on the scales before you go and train? And he was like, yeah, yeah, true. And I was like, what's my weight now? And we, we do our weights every morning. And it was like, oh, it's back to what it was. And this was a day after. Um, so it was like, I was like, so what have I, have I lost three kilos in one day? And he was like, yeah, I don't know how you've done it though. I was like, mate, come on. What are you coming out with here? Um, so he, he, he wouldn't be honest with me, essentially. I found out later on um, when I spoke to Mel what it was, but that was, I kind of knew right and was on the wall for me that season there. And at that point, I was still with the first team. Um, and uh, we, as the pre-season games went on, uh, I just wasn't getting any minutes. So I was like, all right, I need, to, I need to go and play football. Sorry, man. I was like, I need to go and play football. Um, Steve had just got a QPR job. Um, they were strapped for cash. He had no, he had no money. He had well, not much, essentially, to bring multiple players in. Um, so I'm playing the game. Do you know what I mean? I'm being good as gold around the building. I'm saying, look, can I go and play football? Um, they're like, yeah, you can go play football, but they wouldn't specify on anything else. And I had to wait for Steve to get a few things in order before they actually came in for me. So it was getting towards the end of the window. Um, and I remember there was one game where 
someone had pulled out and I, I, I was not in the squad at this point so still pre-season and because me and Frank had kind of come to an agreement that was best for me to go elsewhere and play football I wasn't involved which is fair enough someone pulled out and the it was like 4pm games at like 7 and then player liaison officer around me and was like oh he wants you to come uh, and be on the bench I thought no I'm not doing that mate I said I'm not a fucking Joey do you know what I mean go and get one of the under 18s to do that and I'm not risking getting injured because I'm trying to get out to play football mm-hmm. um, so that was like okay cool by that point obviously there's no there's no coming back from that do you know what I mean um, I remember there must have been a week to go and I'd, I'd been well, I'd been sent to train with the 23s by this point I was with them every day following their schedule but I was just tolerating it because I thought look I'm going to go out I'm going to go to QPR with Steve at some point Steve a um, few days maybe a week before the window shot Steve come in for me it's a QPR come in for me they put an offer in uh, Darby were like nah nah we want more money so um, QPR were like we have no more money literally we have no more money we needed a centre half and a centre mid and we're taking the hit on the centre half to get George we have no more money than what we're offering you they were like nah nah so I said I said to Derby, I said to Mel, I said, I'll pay out of my wages. I'll I'll pay more. So you'll get more money altogether. So I'll pay on top of QPR, whether it's I said I'll pay two grand two grand a week towards it. Just let me go, mate. Do you know what I mean? So I'll pay on top of QPR's fee and then you're getting more money. They're like, nah, what more money? What more money of QPR? QPR couldn't do it. They literally couldn't do it. So that fell through with about two days to go out the window. So I was fuming, mate. I was like, this is a fucking joke, do you know what I mean? Like, they're fully fucking me over here. Um, so well, I'm mostly with the 23s. I've, I've just accepted that I'm not going anywhere. Um, and I went and saw Frank, I think the Thursday morning. So the window shuts 5pm on a Friday. Thursday morning I was like look Gaffer what's happened happened I said look I'm not for whatever reason the club haven't let me go I wanted to go can I come and at least train with the first team I said I'm not asking to play I'm not asking to be involved straight away I said I'll earn I'll earn it I said just let me come and earn it at least I said it Look, you might not feel that you want to use me at any point. I said, that's fine. And I said, but training with the kids is, is difficult. I said, I need to keep self-standards up. I said, I'm not going to be a problem around the building. I said, can I at least just train with my mates, my teammates? He went, nah. He went, nah. He said, you've got about 24 hours to find somewhere to go. Or why should we the 23s until uh, January? <laughs> I thought, all right, you fucking bell. Anyway, um, at that point, I just I just accepted. So obviously raging that day, I, I just accepted that um, I was with a 23s mate until Jan. And I remember 
on the deadline day, someone is always like by the phone and they come running out to the pitches if someone comes in for you like on deadline day. So I'm like right in fucking Alaska with the under 23s right at the top. Um, someone's come running over. I've gone, oh, Forney, like, uh, Gaffer wants to see you. So I'm like, all right, someone's come in for me. Like, fucking hell, like, they're going to play football finally. So he's called me all the way in. I've, I've come down from Alaska. Um, and he's there and he's gone, oh, um, so I can't remember what team it was. He was like, oh, so and so's come in for you. And it was like a team that was like fire relegation in League One. I'm like, what? He was like, yeah, they're coming for you. What do you think? And I said, are you taking the piss? I said, you called me all the way in to tell me that. Because at, at the time, because of the condition I was in, like how sharp I felt during pre-season, I was confident I could have gone to another champ team and done well. Like, you've called me all the way in. You've turned down QPR. You called me all the way in. And you said, am I going to go and scrap at the bottom of League One? So you're fucking having me off, mate. I went back out and trained. And then that was it, mate, until January. I was playing 23s. And then we ended up with about four or five of us. So me, Butts, Anya, Chrissy Martin. And it ended up being Piercy quite a bit as well, Alex Pierce. That Lampard kind of fucked off. Um, but you're only allowed to play three senior lads in a 23s game. So we, we, we had to just sort of rotate, mate, for our... Um, up until January to try and showcase the teams that we were fit. Um, so we did that as much as we could. That we were, it was stupid, mate. We was on their schedule, but we were told we would still get fines, like first team fines, if we were late for, or if we didn't like follow the under twenty three schedule to a T. And they do like double sessions and stuff. Do you know what I mean? So it's like we're doing a session and the first team done theirs and they're off out. But if we don't go back out with the under 23s and do their second session, we're then getting fined the first team amount like they would get fined for not turning up. So it's like, it was just stupid stuff, mate. And it was all for a reason to try and force our hands. Um, but that was a difficult period, mate. That was, that was when I really knew that, there's more to mix the eye. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, was it? Uh, did he? You know, you probably, you probably won't be able to say. But did he just not fancy him? Was it a personal thing, Frank? Uh, well, I found out. If I fast forward to when Koku came in, um, I did the same thing with Koku. I made sure I was. Like, so I went to Luton. Um, and obviously, I spoke to you earlier about Luton. Went back to Derby in the summer, and Frank had gone to Chelsea. So I was like, "Look, I, I can't take any more chances. I'm I'm going to double down this preseason and make sure he he has to pick me. Do you know what I mean? I have to play. I'm going to make his. I'm going to force his hand to play me. So I doubled down on everything I did. Preseason started exactly the same shit's happening. But Koku's quite a nice man. So he, he called me in and he was like, look, I can see you're a talented player. I can see you didn't play much last year. And he put it he put it across to me in a nice way. He was like, look, I think it'd be better if you go and play elsewhere. 
And I was like, oh, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I've got towards the end of that window, um, and Mel pulled me in, and he was like, look, I think you should know uh, the reason you haven't been playing since Rowett. So since Rowett kind of didn't use me last few months, he says, because um, there's a clause in the contracts we signed you from with West Brom where we have to pay 15 grand every appearance you make. And it's like, we can't afford to do it anymore. So I was like, I was like, so what, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I said, why didn't you tell me that fucking two years ago? Mm. It's like, I don't know, mate, I just thought you should know. So obviously my head's gone, mate. So I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? And it's like, I don't know, mate. Was that, does that so, then, you mentally then, is that, is that the, when you know, right, this is it for me at Derby now then? Yeah, once after a couple of managers, and I'd try, I'd really tried to a fresh slate and put myself in the best possible position. Once they'd all done the same thing, I kind of knew mentally. I was like, I need to go elsewhere. But then when I had that meeting with Mel, and he said that to me. I was like, I'm fucked. Uh, and that's what I said to you earlier, is like the, the politics of football, mate, are ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? I had no idea that was in my contract. I said to him, I said, but I've signed a new deal since then. And he said, the agreement we made with West Brom was that we pay them, regardless if you sign a new deal, 15 grand every time you play for us. I said, who fucking signed that? Do you know what I mean? Whose idea was that? But it's just there was nothing I could do, nothing I could do. But no one ever knew that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No one ever knew that. So I said, like I said to him, could you not come out fucking two years ago and said that instead of making me look like fucking twelve for the last two years? But then you, you want to go out and play football. Someone comes in for you, they, they put a, a block on that. But to clubs who don't know you, know what you, I mean? Yeah. yeah, but then people that don't know you go, well, George Thorne probably would have signed you when you're playing week in week out for Derby. Probably think. Well, he's disappeared off the face of the earth for 18 months. He's probably like, he's not fit, he's lost it. So it kills you as yeah. well, doesn't it? It does, mate, yeah. And then, like, the, the blocking, like, the QPR move, all like, you can imagine by that point, I'm just like, do you know what I mean? Well, what, what am I supposed to do? So, does, does it taint how you look back on Derby County? How it, how it, the, them couple of years when you got treated well, like shit, really, but. Does yeah, it, it does, mate, if I'm honest. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, it does. Which is a shame because I love that football club. Do you know what I mean? Them first couple of seasons are some of the memories and I have attached to that. Like, I still watch I still watch clips to this day. Do you know what I mean? I still... They'll stay with me forever, but the politics side of it just... Yeah, it, it did taint it for me big time. And I lost a lot of respect for the people that I really trusted and respected at football club because of that. Mel being one of them and he knows that. I, uh, well, you took the words out. I wasn't going to name anyone, but I think if you look at some certain things that happened, I think, yeah, it, it's not surprised me as much as it would have surprised me if you'd told me this six months ago, if that makes sense, the, some of the things you've, you've mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm honest, for the what's going on now has been a lot of years in the making 
we had that summer where we spent 30 million on players. Didn't improve our squad. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I, don't, I don't think, I think you'd do a, a, well to find a Derby fan that would say any of the squads have been better since the player final one. I think you've had good players. So the player final against Villa, mm. you've got like Mountie, you've got Fick, you've got Harry Wilson, which that season, Harry and uh, Mountie like carried us in spells. Do you know what I mean? That was early on, Mountie was on fire and then the Wizard Harry couldn't stop scoring at spells. But as a team, if you look at how much money was spent over the next few years, was it a better team? I'm not so sure. We look at the, the playoff final team, I think Mel came in just before that, literally just before Wembley. And then you look at where we are now, I don't think there's been, I mean, apart from that, there's not been a massive improvement um, without going into it too much. But yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you. It's a shame that for all the good memories um, and, and, you're obviously very well liked by Derby fans to this day. I mean, every time you put something on, on social media, you get the, the Derby fans supporting you. So I don't think it's ever been a slight on you. And I think it's come no, to... No, it's, it's not... I want to make it clear. It's nothing. The fans have no part in this whatsoever. I love my like, relationship with the Derby fans. And look, 75% of my memories are amazing memories. Like at the time of my life, do you know what I mean? And part of me... Part of me sitting here now and not playing for a club right now is because I, I know I'll never get a feeling that I had a derby elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? Where I was so content, I felt cherished, I was enjoying myself, I loved going into work. Like I don't think I'll ever find that again at another football club. And that is part of the reason also why I'm here and I'm not at a football club, just picking up a paycheck and do you know what I mean? Because once you, I had that side of it and I experienced that. And then if you take that away and you include the politics side of football and you include the physical injuries I've had and the mental challenges I've had, it's not, it doesn't appeal. Do you know what I mean? Right now. Do you think it ever will? Do you think you'll ever get back to, to play in? Because uh, it's, on a personal level, it's sad for me to see you at the same age as me not playing football. And that yeah. changed on a personal level and, and sad to see and like the way you spoke about football and giving me your time so you can see the, the passions there. Yeah. I think you, you'll ever get back into the game? I think I will, mate, yeah. Um, look, half the, half the problem is my injuries. Um, you know, given everything else, the fact of the matter is well, my me, me body's knackered of on top of all like the um, big injuries I've had. I've I've got like a quite a bad ongoing nerve issue, like firing from my back that constantly sets off my calves and my hamstrings and stuff. That's why I, I always got so many calves and stuff around my time. Um, but I do think taking a step away should help all that. Um, but look, I've only just turned 28. I'd, I'd like to think at some point I will chuck a pair of footy boots back on, mate. Yeah. Any regrets? 
Um, so far, obviously, it's not the end of your career yet, but any regrets when you look back so far? Um, not really, mate, no. Not really. I think, look, in hindsight, I'd fucking, I wouldn't go in for that that shot against Ipswich. <laughs> what was you doing um, that far up the pitch anyway? <laughs> I was bored, mate. <laughs> no, I was bored. Um, no real regrets, mate. I think I, I gave everything for Derby. I physically gave my body, mate. I'm fucking crippled now, and I so no, I, I, uh, no real regrets, mate. To be honest, no. I loved it. I still, I still look out for the results. I watch them when I can. Like, I'm looking forward to going back to the stadium when when people are allowed and. Um, regardless of where I go club-wise in the future, like Derby will still be my team. Um, so hopefully they can start to pick up and hopefully they can continue to do so. Um, I've still got a lot of friends at that football club. And, um, you know, as I said, they'll always be my team. Well, you mentioned you've got a lot of friends at the club. We started. We had Lee Carsley on last week, and he's he's come up with this idea that we do pass the mic now. So, um, you you recommend oh, someone? Okay. Uh, you recommend someone that you might be able to get us in touch with to who'd be good on here. Like Will's kind of helped us out with you. Uh, hopefully, you've had a good yeah. time. you can recommend us to someone else. Um, trying to think, it would be a juicy one for you. <laughs> Keo, <laughs> no energy. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Yeah, I think you need a few years, yeah. <laughs> what have you done so far? From your kind of side, obviously the, the more recent ones is more difficult. So from like the playoff side, I've done Bryce, um, Johnny Russell, Wardy, uh, Will. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it of people you would have played with. Because as, as it gets more recent, it gets more difficult, doesn't it? So... So he might be a good one because of how he's kicked on. What about Jeff? Jeff might be a good one. Yeah, could you make the call? Yeah, I can drop him a text, mate. And he's obviously gone on to do really well for himself. So I'll drop him a text for you. Nice one. I really appreciate it. And, and we've done, like, I've kept you for long enough now, mate. So thank you so much. It means the world for you doing it. And no worries, mate. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Take care and all the best. Top man. Speak to you soon, mate. Bye bye. Nice one, mate. Thank you.